calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody. Oh, hey, everybody. Oh, wow. wow. Here we are. I thought I would double you. Thank you for the double me palace. Oh, my God. Double your meat. Double your fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what producer Alba told me uh, just earlier today when we were chatting? I don't. But the minute she finished listening to this episode, uh, Double Me Palace, she ordered McDonald's and enjoyed her McDonald's burger so deeply. So it really yeah. was not our intention to create an advertisement for fast food. But hey, we're all impacted differently by different things. And uh, wow, there you have it. <laughs> I hope that she got a Big Mac, pulled one patty out Ooh. and replaced it with four chicken nuggets. Oh, excuse me. Chicken McNuggets. Wow. OK, before we start actually advertising for McDonald's on this podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Let's tell you about some things happening here. Uh, first of all. Guess what, Jenny? What? We're doing a live taping really soon. Yay! June 3rd, Thursday, uh, we are doing a live taping of a particular episode. I did not choose this episode. Uh, Jenny chose this episode. It is season six, episode 15. It is called As You Were. Um, I wonder what special aspect of this episode could have moved me so much that I requested we do a live taping of it. Well, there is a character named Sam in the episode, and you did uh, used to have a cat named Sam, who I That's still have. That's true. So maybe it's Huge just fan you of love Sam. Sam's the world over. Sam's mm -hmm. for life. Uh, if you know, you know. Season six, episode 15, as you were, Jenny and I will be taping that live in front of your faces, perhaps mm. agreeing or disagreeing on certain points. Uh, <laughs> Thursday... June 3rd, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Tickets are $12. We also have a ticket tier if you're watching with other people and you want to throw us a couple extra bucks. Uh, and all of that information can be found at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash ticketing. Yes, we do know it is a Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. It is not a globally approved time for a live taping. We just weren't able to schedule this one on a weekend. But if you have tickets, the recording of the live taping will also be sent to you. A couple of you 
have already asked about that. So A, we know you're out there. We know time is a real thing. And B, if you are not in a time <laughs> zone that this is super friendly toward, you can still get a ticket and watch the video after the fact, if you'd like. If yes. You uh, also, if you're one of our patrons, guess what? Uh, you can watch this episode with us live the day before <gasps> we do our taping. <gasps> Oh Wednesday, June 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. All of these details uh, are obviously on our calendar, uh, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. What's really fun, I think, about doing a live watch of an episode with us before we record it is that nine times out of ten, we wind up bringing in feedback from that live watch to the recording. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, usually the chat that we have while we watch informs our taping, so... Get thee to... Uh, we learned so much. Get thee to the live taping. Um, yeah. And hey, you know also, what? If you're a patron, amongst other things, tonight, this very night, Wednesday, April 28th, you can join Feels Like the First Time and watch Tremors with me and ooh, Joanna Robinson. Ooh, and I don't know, Jenny, are you ooh. coming to Tremors? You going to watch with us? A TBD. TBD. I got I am... You can't pin me down, Kristen. <laughs> I'm a leaf on the wind. Don't I know it? Uh, but one place that you can definitely find me is if you are a patron of Angel on Top. Wow. Live in your feed. Girls on film. Me and Morgan Ludich having a very special... Pod convo about my new favorite movie, Legally Blonde. Your new favorite movie? Wow. I love it so much. We had a great convo. Morgan is the best. Uh, Elle Woods rips. Bruiser Woods, friggin' awesome. Uh, So you can find that convo over on the Angel on Top Patreon feed. Which is, by the way, real easy to find. You just go to angelontop.com and boom, you're there. So, ta-da. And speaking of things being on top of other things, it's time for the results of last episode's Sexual Tension Awards for Gone. Very polarizing uh, noms in some very... Very uh, polarized slots. This was like you a know? serious, I mean, this was a serious situation where I believe the vote was uh, split by the lower yeah. tiers in a way that we'll never know. We'll never know. But yeah. This is the result. Yeah. These are them. These are them. Two clear favorites and two clear anti-favorites. <laughs> uh, in fourth place with 3% of the vote, we have Nerds and the Invisibility Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible showing for them, but understandable. Mm-hmm. In third place, with only 2% more, 5% of the vote, we have Boys and Yapping. Mm. Honestly, kind of wild that that beat out Nerds and the Invisibility Or is it? I don't know. <laughs> now, more shocking to me is that only in second place, with 45% of the vote, do we have Spike and Invisibuffy. Incredible. Who were beaten out by the takers of the number one slot. These two noms snagged 47% of the vote. It's Xander and Nakey Spike. Fuck yeah. Wow. We didn't, Congrats, even have boys. Those, we didn't even have those two on the list before we taped the episode. They were an organic. <laughs> they came from the conversation itself. And cry, yes. I was very, very proud of these two. You know what? Look at them go. They're yeah, unstoppable. Hey, Jenny, how about a quick email before we go into this episode? Friggin' lay it on me. I, I am prepared. I just realized that this is quite thematic since there's also an episode uh, with you talking about Elle Woods because this email is from Stacy, who is a law student. <gasps> the law. <laughs> 
Stacy wrote in to say, hey, I'm a first year law student currently studying for my property final. And a question that you mused on in the flooded episode has stuck in my mind. At what hmm. point in the sale of a house can a previously invited in vampire no longer enter? When does it reset? I decided to think about this as a fun hypothetical practice question in the process of my studying. While I think the best answer is what you said at closing, I also think an argument could be made that a vampire can no longer come inside in the gap period or executory, executory period uh, between the signing of the sales contract and the closing. The doctrine of equitable conversion says that at the moment the sales contract is signed, the purchaser attains a real property interest in the property in the form of equitable title and the seller now only has a personal property interest. Stacy goes on to say there's very likely someone much more qualified than I am to answer the <laughs> question, but it was fun to muse about and made my studying more enjoyable. Uh, well, I, I love that there's somebody out there more qualified than us and equally interested in this question. Um, Thanks, Stacy. Thank you so much for taking the time to muse and then write in. This is just like my favorite nerd shit. Like if Jenny and I ever write a book, it's just going to be like, it's going to be called, the title of the book is going to be called Our Favorite Nerd Shit. And it's just going to be a compilation <laughs> of all of these um, incredible things that we've uncovered in our time together. So hell yes, yeah, Stacey, thank you. Uh, we are going, we are doing our damnedest to bring you a mailbag. Um, we're hopefully going to have a mailbag for you in late May or early June. Um, and, you know, you can send in an email if you want to buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com but i will tell you that i have approximately 370 of them in the bin already so <laughs> <laughs> yeah send them away but we might not read them loud on air until we are 72 years old uh sorry mm -hmm. 72 and 71 uh generation mm, that's right that's right yeah uh all right jenny uh let's talk about some meat e e e yes <laughs> Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with Angel on top. I am the ghost of Christmas past. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. I guess that makes me the ghost of Christmas future, Kristen Russo. Yeah. No one can be in the present here, that's for damn sure. Uh, yeah. Hey, so this week we're going to be talking about a little episode you may have heard of. It's called Season 6, uh, Episode 12, Double Meat Palace. I just realized in the reading of that that 12 is the double of 6. So this episode has <sighs> doubles all around. Ring, ring, ring. Math nerds, you're welcome. Oh, yeah. Let's play that fucking sweet hell math jingle right up at the goddamn top. Hell Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by us, or sometimes Jenny. Jenny, you've been writing more and more these days. You just keep knocking them right out of the park. Hmm. Recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Do you remember that song, that like McDonald's song that was like, to all beef patties? Hell yeah. Do you remember how it I went? Have the, uh, I have the 
flexi discs. Oh my god, um, that's right. Because they it was a long list of ingredients, dear listener. And hold on, I'm gonna it was look in a very it up. specific order. Uh, everything that went into the burger. And there was a frigging contest where you would get in the newspaper a flexi seven inch record with this jingle on it. And if you got a copy of it that sang successfully all the way through, you won something. Most of them, you know, the person doing the jingle would like get tongue tied and be like, whoops. But if you got the one that got all the way through with no mess ups, you won a prize I can't recall. Two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Just seems very simple. Two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Say that again. Two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles, onions on a little. Double Meat Palace was written by Jane <laughs> Espenson and directed by Nick Mark, King of Consonants, <laughs> yeah. and originally aired. On January 29th, 2002, which just to mention was like three weeks after the last episode, which had just come after a long holiday break. Hey, uh, this I didn't even look up that this is the one for. I didn't even do it. You know why? This is the one where Buffy works at the Double Meat Fallon. Oh, there, that, that. Double Meat Phallus. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Freud. Dr. Freud calling. Uh, yeah, that was, I mean, I literally was going to say this is the one where Buffy works at the Double Meat Palace and there's a penis monster. Um, And I just figured, my brain did the math for me on that and figured out how to say it all yeah. at once. Uh, this is the one where Buffy works at Double Meat Phallus. It sure is. So... It sure fucking is, Kristen. <laughs> um, yo, just a... Very brief aside slash recommendation. Sweethearts, Charlie Bliss, perhaps you've heard of them. Mm. They're a ripping band. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a video, a music video that they made for their song, Scare You, that was based on Double Me Palace. Hot. They've got the little uniforms. Uh, there's a, you know, a, a lurking a darkness that must be contended with. A wig and, lady? Mm, is there a wig lady? I'm not sure. But there are definitely burgers and stripes. So check that out. <laughs> also, I don't know if you know this, but two hosts of a very popular Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast dressed up this past Halloween as employees of the Double Meat Palace. So Hoomst! <laughs> uh, Where true. to begin, really? I mean, well, yes. can we begin by saying that Nick Mark directed this? And I found this episode to be really unique in the Buffyverse. It just feels very different to me so i was curious and i looked up the other uh, episodes so far that nick mark has directed and they are something blue fool for love Mm. checkpoint Mm. and life serial oh wow some some heavy hitting you know like really like um really segmented at least that's i I didn't i don't have enough in my brain to like do a proper analysis of all those episodes but like life serial isn't that the one where she like tries on many career hats and like it just seems like there's this sort of um segmentation to the arc yeah 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 and if you look at checkpoint Mm. you've got kind of everybody getting split up questioned right uh by the council you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but 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 there's something. It's almost like uh, Nick Mark likes to keep his cow and his chicken separate. It's like I always <laughs> say, Kristen. Uh, <laughs> cow in the 
sheets? Chicken in Chicken the Chicken in the streets. Oh, your cow in the sheets? You started with sheets? Hmm. <laughs> no. Chicken in the sheet. No. Cow in the streets. Chicken in the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Is that good? So this episode is way more of a horror piece than anything we've seen in a very long time. Uh, Uh, The score is really, really specific. Ooh, you just made me think of Der Kinderstadt. Because that was like a real horror. (laughs) Never speak of Der Kinderstadt. (laughs) We, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like, and we'll get to these scenes, but there's a lot of like exterior night shots of like the outside of double meat palace which gives it that like horror feeling and yeah fully fully um such creepy scores so many long staring mesmerized shots of various people it's a whole yeah thing yeah okay yeah yeah that's true so yeah uh we'll get into i mean there's so much to get into in this episode uh at first we considered like do we need a double episode for double meat but then we were like calm down Kristen and jenny really calm down one meat is enough one meat is two meats one episode so if there's if one of us is the cow and the other is the chicken who's which uh so difficult to choose between uh vegetables vegetable cow seasoned rendered with beef fat beyond or, yeah it's who's the beyond <laughs> beef and who's the beyond chicken anyway listen the important thing that i wanted to say is that there's there's conversation around minimum wage in this episode there's conversation around class in this episode the biggest thing in the center of it all is double meat palace and the fast food industry this episode aired in 2002 uh fast food nation the movie came out i believe in 2002 or three a little later but the book fast food nation came out in 2001 and that author of that book had been right like it was based on articles that he was writing in 99 uh the thesis statement i guess of fast food nation is wow this is fucked up and wow we are marketing like really marketing these fast food products to children uh in a heavy-handed way um and a lot of other things which we can get into if you're not familiar with fast food nation but um yeah marketing shitty food to children america yeah, speaking of children, Sarah <laughs> Michelle Geller actually appeared in a Burger King commercial mm. as a child. She's like right? six or five. She's so little. When I order a regular burger at McDonald's, they make it with 20% less meat than Burger King. Unbelievable. Luckily, I know perfect way to show McDonald's how I feel. I go to Burger King. Aren't you hungry for wasn't there a whole thing where she was like soft banned from McDonald's? I, I looked it up. It's that's not it's not true. Uh, it's, it's a so, false rumor. Uh, yes, uh, here uh, to dispel rumors. Sarah Michelle Gellar was not uh, banned from McDonald's, but when she was a kid, she didn't. You know, all of her friends were going to McDonald's, and she didn't really want to go because she felt weird because she thought maybe somebody would recognize her. So she said like she would wear like sunglasses and like a, like a hood or a hat. A little when trench she was coat. Little. Yeah, like you uh, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd hide in the shadows with her little notebook. Uh, be- <laughs> yeah. peering from behind a phone booth outside of McDonald's. But but the the rumor is rooted, Jenny, in a place of uh, Burger King. That commercial was it was one of the first times that like one fast food company called out another fast food company by name. And so McDonald's did uh. sue Burger King. 
Um, so it was like a whole big Spicy. deal, but they did not ban a six-year-old from McDonald's. <laughs> that part is false. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, we also, just for like a uh, time period context, we also know like Super Size Me mm. would come out two years from this point. Uh, so basically, I think the takeaway is people are starting to think about fast food differently. Attitudes are beginning to change. Now, it's interesting that you referred to fast food as shitty. Uh, It's interesting to me for two reasons, Mm. right? Now, I'm going to guess that you are coming from a sodium, uh, (laughs) saturated fat, kind of vantage point yeah yeah well i i didn't even mean necessarily yeah i meant chemicals i meant like taking chemicals to make cheaper versions of food to serve to people so that you can make more money and make it faster Mm -hmm. make it accessible to people with lower incomes i mean i think you know jenny Mm -hmm. and i were talking before we got on mic about how like we we were not two people raised on fat. Well, I don't think you were raised on fast food, but I know that fast food was a massive part of my childhood. I always preferred McDonald's over Burger King personally, but uh, yeah, I mean that's surprise. I don't want to rile anyone up, but that is the correct opinion. The other reason that it disturbs me, or uh, one of the reasons that it disturbs me that you um referred to uh, fast food as uh, shitty food is that McDonald's is right well listen no one is here to say that fast food doesn't taste incredible uh it does and and like you're right but at what cost but at what cost and that was that's the focus of fast food nation really that's the focus Mm -hmm. of so many of these supersize me and and examinations of fast food culture was the the reckoning with the fact that like oh when you take when you actually like take the meat out of the meat and, and and use chemicals instead so that you can be like, quote, more efficient and quote, uh, cheaper and quote, all these other things, your body actually will recognize that and will be upset. Your body will not <laughs> like it. <laughs> OK, I think we should start talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer now. <laughs> okay. Previously on, who cares? Fuck you, Spike. Now, yeah. uh, we get Amy the rat. We get the car crash. We go all the way back to the beginning of the season with money issues. And it ends. Th- this is important. The previously on ends with Giles saying, so what are you going to do with your life? Reminding us all that we're so mad at Giles and everyone else for the premise of this episode. Out of the gates. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. This is the one vampire slayer in the world. Why is she not getting paid? To Anya's point, Anya was compensated fairly for her job as a vengeance demon. It seems like demons have an exchange system, some kind of barter system. They are surviving off of their skills as demons. So just a general what the fuck. Yeah. We open on... Willow explaining to Xander and Anya so that we can learn what happened after the end of last week's episode. (laughs) Uh, Willow is getting all horned up talking about various magical items. Then Xander is getting all horned up hearing about a poster of a Vulcan lady. Uh, And as you mentioned, uh, Anya goes on her capitalist rant against supervillains and declares that workers are the tools that shape America. A beautiful, beautiful Jane Espenson uh, line turn on that where Buffy then shows up in her fucking double meat palace uniform 
I was feeling like a tool, so that makes sense. Yeah, this is a bad uniform. This, yes. this uniform seems custom engineered to look as bad as possible. Yeah, I think it's so bad that it's great, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Y- you know, something that I wanted to talk about, you mentioned Xander with the Vulcan women on the Enterprise. I don't really have like anything uh, massive to say, but I was just thinking about how it is interesting that the show gives us these places of direct overlap between the trio and Xander. You know, it's like their interests are identical and uh, one could take some of Xander's previous behaviors as a human man and overlap them quite tidily with uh, these guys. Oh, yeah. Okay, time for a training video. You've seen us in your city or small town across the American West. You've ordered our delicious food from our happy employees. But now you're seeing it all in a new way. You're seeing it from behind the counter because you've just become part of the double meat experience. Dude, what happens when a cow and a chicken get together? (laughs) (laughs) What do you like to know, my friend? (laughs) Fucking come on down to the barnyard. 1080p HD. Oh, my God. Sarah Michelle Gellar, always incredible, but just does an incredible job in this episode with her, like, holy crap, watching this, like, horrible training video that includes... Why would you ever make a video this graphic? Again, I think to make a point, I think they really, they're, the the fast food chain doth protest to, too much, you know? They're going too hard on... The we we use cows and chickens, see, because they don't use cows or chickens. I mean, they use a little bit of cow, a tiny, a dash of cow. I, uh, yeah. Um, Buffy <laughs> says that the chicken and the cow go together like Meg and Tom in Sleepless in Seattle. I love that she uses the actors' names in Sleepless in Seattle, but less minced. Nice. <laughs> we meet. Manny, the manager, it's not a joke. It's just my name. <laughs> oh, poor Manny. Poor Manny. Oh. How many times has he? He does a great job. This. Brett Hinckley is this actor's name. He was in Silence of the Lambs and Ed Wood, uh, amongst many other things. But he fucking rules. Yeah, he does such a great job. Yeah. He asks Buffy why she wanted this job. And she starts to answer very honestly. And his, <laughs> Manny's face makes it clear that that is not what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. So instead, she says she wanted to be a part of the double meat experience. <laughs> I'd like to be beca- be a part of the double meat experience. 1080p HD. Oh, my God. Gross. So, yeah. Yeah. She makes, mean... the, she makes the point a couple of times in this episode that um, she can't. She doesn't have the time left anymore to, like, go through an interview process of, like, getting her resume in order or go through, like, a large training process. Like, she needs to be able to be hired, start working, and get money immediately. Um, mm-hmm. a lot a lot happening here uh, there's some privilege that is probably obvious to those of you listening to this podcast that she has the option to get other jobs but she's just choosing this one uh, privilege that does not exist for everybody um, shall we go to the locker room and meet some lifers let's do it this is where the score really starts to fucking kick off it sounds mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm have you ever met someone who wouldn't turn around to look at you? Actually, yeah, I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
Yeah. These guys. So Philip, I don't know what the other one's name is, but Philip, I know because we spent some time with him flipping burgers later and he's amazing. Uh, this guy is, uh, I found out this guy is uh, most known for his role on Mac McDade's, one of her favorite shows, Sons of Anarchy, uh, Douglas Bennett playing Philip. And uh, yeah, they don't, they don't really care about this new employee because why should they? They meet new employees all the time and they come uh-huh. and they go, high yeah, turnover, yeah. et cetera. Buffy clocks in for the first time. Uh. And it's 9.30 in the morning and there is no breakfast in sight at this establishment. Can you explain this to me? Oh, like, are the, why are there no egg sandwiches? Why are there no McGriddles? Well, just, or why are they open <laughs> at 9.30? <laughs> if they don't have breakfast, why well, are they, they open? Well, they have cherry pie and coffee. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to get really excited about the punch clock. And I was going to ask you, Jenny, if you have punched a clock in your career. Yeah, of course I have. And, you know, even as recently as my last uh, non-musician job, uh, I had uh, one of those ancient time clocks that I would punch into and out of. They're so satisfying. Like, I'm all for more efficient ways of, like whatever but i fucking would love a punch clock i you know what i'm gonna get myself a punch clock it'll be very scary to actually punch in and out of this particular job that i have (laughs) podcasting maybe i shouldn't maybe i shouldn't examine you can clock in but you can't (laughs) clock out Um, the calls are coming from inside the fryer (laughs) we got (laughs) we go to the beating heart of double meat palace the kitchen Get some of our first, I I referred to it later as meat art. I feel like there's a lot of um, very artistic, cinematic techniques Mm. taken with the meat and the the slicing and dicing of meat in this episode. Uh, Here we get the identical chicken slices. Dude, that's the dehydrated pickle storage. Fuck yeah. Why is there a dehydrated pickle storage? Probably because... Why is it a bucket that has written in Sharpie dehydrated <laughs> pickles? <laughs> and then, and then, if you were a new employee somewhere, why would you just roll up to a locked filing cabinet and pull on the drawers? Because this bitch has been the slayer for fucking years. She's, she doesn't understand the proper behavior yeah. in a fucking workplace of any kind. She literally I'll breaks say. into sh- things just like that's part of her job is to like... Mm-hmm. break down doors so that's why um to go back to your dehydrated pickle question i ass- i don't know why they've taped the bucket but i assume so that nobody confuses it with something else and i would assume mm-hmm. that these pickles are dehydrated so that they have a longer shelf life uh um, all right all right all right all right i love the i love the dehydrated pickle gag like i love the fucking clip of manny like dunking pickle by pickle into water to like rehydrate them it's just good it's good um Mm. anyway manny creepy as fuck unwraps this goddamn burger and is like eat it (laughs) um and i hate this yeah it's pretty bad buffy is like i just finished watching that fucking video i don't know if i and then she uh eats it anyway because she knows that is what she needs to do and she says no so what is your secret ingredient? <laughs> we begin. It's a meat process. The long-running, unknown meat process. That is like, a dir- I mean, I don't even need to say it, but like this is directly 
what we get uh, fast food restaurants uh, across the country is like so what does that mean like what what do these words mean uh well it's a process that the meat goes through okay <laughs> uh, thank you for clarifying yeah a lot of great um acting done with full mouths in this episode like it starts with them eating popcorn oh, yeah in the beginning then we have a lot of Zan- uh, nick brendan does an incredible job in this episode with his fucking burger face acting and sarah michelle geller too her like all i have to use is like my stuffed cheeks and my eyeballs great work yeah uh admirable bravo and brava uh, we learn that levity is the time thief that picks the pocket of the company, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, uh, just as a sentence, it's a nice, it's a nice, satisfying sentence. Yeah, I looked it up. I thought maybe it was like a quote from somewhere else, but when I looked it up, it I got all double meat palace all the time. <laughs> nice little register training, little Buffy bonding with fellow employee Gary, who mm. seems like a good time. Yeah, R.I.P. Gary. We meet the pie lady. Yo, so um. I I will say I finished watching Twin Peaks. I've watched all of it now, but I was delighted to find out that Wig Lady got what I referred to in my notes as the Twin Peaks special. Cherry pie and a coffee. Oh, wow. Yes, correct. Right? (laughs) Maybe that penis monster was Bob all along. Um... I mean, it kind of checks out. Okay, so we get Button Palooza. Can't I can't ever allow us to go past a Palooza? Uh, sure, this, you know, line smash. So Button Palooza is said, and Wig Lady says to Buffy, "I can see you here for a long time," which is a lie because she knows she's gonna fucking paralyze her and then eat her later. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh. Okay. So. The family that rolls up after Pie Lady, mm-hmm. they order a bunch of stuff, but one thing that they order is a fisherman's medley with bacon. Okay, so <gasps> is that a fish patty? No. A, a slice of processed chicken? No. And bacon? No. Or is it a fish patty, uh, beef, and bacon? No. None of or it. Or something else. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, oh. I don't like it any more than you do. Why did you do this? Uh, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it, and I didn't ever want to hear it. Take it back. At least we know that at the end of the day, it's all just vegetables on vegetables. Then there's, like, some quick shots. Buffy sadly eating a burger on her lunch break. It's <laughs> her second yeah. burger of the day. She goes Oof. to the freezer because she's still, like, detective Buffying all about the place. <laughs> Curiosity Manny's kills the like, cat. you don't need to go in there. Yeah, yeah. So the first the first theory, although she says it's the fifth, we don't find out what her first four theories were, but her fifth theory yeah. is that this is these are cat burgers. And then, surprise, her friends visit her at work. Uh, this is... This, like, stirred up memories of mine of, like, when your friends would visit you at work. It was, like, joyous but also uncomfortable. Like, it's not, it's not, you can't really interact with your friends in any kind of appropriate way when you're at your job. Yeah, I feel all those feelings. And also, I feel like I've been watching a ton of stuff lately where people are showing up to people's work Mm -hmm. to be like, I have to have a serious conversation with you. We need to break up or this monster is back or here's the <laughs> dirt I dug up. And it's like, they're at work. They're at work. And Just like, wait four hours and 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 don't do it in their place of work. And to add insults to injury, Xander then gets a free burger out of the deal. Like not only, Boo. Not only have you taken her away and it's her first day listen if you're gonna go visit your friend on on their job site don't do it on their first day 
Don't That's... do it on their first day. Don't accept a free lunch. Get yeah, Xander, these are come home. Xander and Xander should know better. And Xander has a line in here that I think is really important because he says like. Uh, I have swum these murky waters, my friend, uh, mm. when they're talking. Because, you know, Buffy's confused. She's like, everybody's, like, kind of acting funny. And, like, they stare into the middle distance. And Xander's like, yeah, dude. It's called fucking working at a minimum wage fast food fucking restaurant. This is what it looks like. And I liked that because I did feel like, you know, I, I briefly said, like, well, Buffy has this privilege where she can get another job. And it's not that Xander n- doesn't. But I do think that class-wise, Xander is very much more a character whose class in the show aligns with minimum wage fast food work and so i like that they gave him that knowledge of like yeah dude i worked here i've I've already done this (laughs) i've been here yeah uh we also see willow fiddling with straws yeah uh and buffy's like wait but just wait until you get a load of manny the manager and they say isn't that him over there (laughs) getting the pickles wet he's holding a silver scoop (laughs) drizzling water onto <laughs> pickles and our attention is directed to Chekhov's saddle shoes so that later in the episode we'll easily be be able to identify a disembodied foot oh my god which Buffy carries around for so long <laughs> she carries that foot around for so long uh, yes thank uh, you for Chekhov's foot Jenny um, I just had a memory of the fact that I used to work at the Olive Garden I've worked at many I, I've, I've not worked fast food but I've worked at um, the mall for a long time I've worked at TGI Fridays Olive Garden you know you can probably fill in all the blanks based on that <laughs> beginning but when I worked at the Olive Garden I was a salad maker some of the time so I would be back in the kitchen um, Olive Garden salads are pretty good and one one of the things that I would have to do is keep the salad, like where I pulled the ingredients from, I would have to keep it stocked. And they were these massive packages of like olives and whatever. The pepperoncini package was like the size of half of my body. And I would have to cut like a corner and it was all in liquid. And I'd have to cut the corner of it and then dump it over into this like massive drain in the floor and then take the pepperoncinis uh, out from there. But- <laughs> I know you didn't ask um, for that story, but I would go home smelling like a pepperoncini. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Anya says, Xander, if you like the food here, we, sh- we should get it for the reception. <laughs> Dawn is really into that idea. And then Anya, like, very, very obliviously <sighs> is lamenting, you know, was like, ugh, I thought Willow was going to be, like, a huge help with all the wedding planning. But then she had to go and give up magic and uh, inconvenience me. I'm like, no, I'm Anya. Not even, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to give Anya obliviously on this one. You know, like I I often will give Anya that, that she's just being honest and she's just being to the point. But this scene, this moment with her, it doesn't feel completely like that. It feels like she is aware yeah. of the impact that her language will have. And she's just mad on her own behalf and chooses to mm. say it anyway, which isn't quite uh, your regular Anyaism. So yeah, Rude. not cool. And um, she makes a comment about like Willow being so sensitive, so sensitive that one, you know, it's like this fucking girl is literally like three days worth of recovery at this point. So fucking Anya. No, um, no, um, Buffy hands Xander his double meat medley, and this fucking animal can't even like take one second or step away from. He immediately 
rips the wrapper off the burger and bites into it while he's still standing there. Are you okay, dude? I'm not. I'm personally not okay. Yeah. Nighttime at what I've begun in my notes referring to as the DM, not to be confused with the DQ. I mean, the DMP, if you don't mind. Not to be confused with the DMB. Uh, (laughs) I don't mind. Uh, Buffy (laughs) Buffy has been there for, we are to assume, near to eight hours at this point because that is the shift length. So Buffy wants to take a second break, a reasonable request, and also a very legitimate denial of said request because uh, that is not allowed here. Downtime robs us all. Exactly. Uh, And Spike has spent... A minimum of three hours getting himself dolled up for this fucking yeah. visit. He has. He looks like he's going necklace? to the club. Yeah. <laughs> what is that shirt? I don't know. It's like very tight and kind of like not patterned, but like there's like threads of many colors in it with a chain necklace. He is quaffed. He is like like. Did he know mm. that the fluorescent lights were gonna like? Do something because I think he would have looked better, to be honest with you, in the fluorescent lighting if he had just stuck with his normal spike all black. But yeah, yeah. But for some reason, this is happening. Uh, he says, service me. Uh, yeah, gross, 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 gross. And he then then they they spar verbally with him being like, oh, do the fluorescent lights make you twitch like some other demons? And she's like, I'm not a demon. And we're like, OK, guys, we've been having this fight. We've been circling this fight <laughs> for a yeah. few episodes. But I guess, you know, when you need to figure out what your foreplay is going to be to fuck next to a dumpster, then this is what <laughs> Hell it looks like. yeah. Uh, so Spike says, Buffy, you're not happy here. That is true. That is a true fact. He says, Buffy, you don't belong here. We can all agree with this from the vantage point of she does not belong here because she is the motherfucking slayer and she has really important shit to be doing and she should be paid for that work. So she does not belong here. But then Mm. Spike gives us a window into some of his classism by saying, You're better than this. He thinks she doesn't belong there because she's too good to work at this fast food restaurant. So this is uh, a classist remark. I am going to call for the white supremacy jingle, though this is a nuanced, right? This is nuanced because this is classism. uh, But I think it all intersects. great look on spike Mm-mm. but what to his credit uh he does something that fucking giles never did yes. which is to say i can get money yeah i can help you of course yes. we know he's gonna do it by means that you know buffy would not Some approve of and could never accept die <laughs> yeah somebody might have to die including kittens but <laughs> but this is better than yes. her father figure yes. did and we can appreciate it. And 
with a grain of salt. You know, not to take us like totally off course chronologically here, but the fact that like later in this episode, Dawn and Xander are having a conversation and Xander's like, well, I guess you could get a job and support her. It's like, yes, everyone. Yes, everyone. How are you sitting around listening to Anya with the truth of she should be getting paid for this? Spike understands that Buffy should be fucking getting paid in some way, shape or form. And Xander's aware enough to make a joke about Dawn. I don't think Dawn should support Buffy right now. But the concept that they are a team of fucking Scoobies, and she's the one who has to go out and fucking kill the vampires. Yes, you should be fucking pitching in to help her survive. The council should be paying her, but they're not. So yes, fucking contribute. Please. Anyway, R.I.P. Gary. He dies in the alley. R.I.P. Gary. (laughs) We hardly knew you. Uh, 9 a.m. You came back, says this lifer. (laughs) Yes, I did. There's a box. There's a box above the fucking time stamp clock that just says gone, which incidentally yeah. was the name of the last episode. But is there, <laughs> I guess, to just collect all of the cards from the people who leave uh, who don't show up again? That's um. I mean, that's not a good sign. No, it's not. Uh, Manny seems completely unconcerned, though. And he's like, hey, uh, guess what? We're short on staff because this person and this person didn't show up. So you're on grill. I don't like it. (laughs) Well, Buffy is like, I don't know how to. First of all, Buffy's like, I don't know how to grill. And Manny has a great line, which I must be great because I didn't even write it in my notes. And I still remember it where he's like so proud. And he's like. That is the last time you will ever be able to say that. <laughs> yeah. She's so yeah. excited. I mean, that she's going to learn how to grill. So she goes to the grill with Philip. I'm just going to give us a tiny sound clip of Philip here because I really love him. I love I love him. You put the beep on the grill, hit the button, then it beeps. You flip the beep, hit the other button, then it beeps. You put it on the bun. There's not a button for that. So Philip doesn't do a great job of answering Buffy's next question, which is, so what is the meat process? (laughs) It's a process they do to the meat, he says. Hell yeah. Oh, he then runs down a list of places in which the grease remains upon his body. No. Actually, no. Hair, eyelashes, nostrils, ears, he says. You want to look inside my ears? Um, <laughs> Puffy's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Done. All set. I'm okay. All set. Uh, and then Manny breaks the good news. Uh, Buffy gets to do a double shift. 16 hours of double meat palace. Joy. Uh, that's a lot of that's hours. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of fucking hours. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. 
Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Knock, knock. (laughs) Your meat has arrived. Damn it, say who's there. Oh, I'm sorry, who's there? An enormous tray of ground meat covered in saran wrap. An enormous tray of meat covered in saran wrap who i i yeah. mean that's what you get you told me to follow the rules <laughs> orange you glad i didn't say ground fish <laughs> uh yeah this is fun i mean there's a lot of like little fun uh, they could be these missing employees could be anywhere and then like the tray is <laughs> and thumped down meat. a human sized amount of meat on the tray yeah then yeah. we get to my favorite part in this episode and one of my favorite moments in the whole series, okay? Because we go to Xander and fucking Anya's apartment, which is, Hell yeah. I would like to point out, really nice. They have like a great income. They're doing fine. <laughs> Why is no one helping Buffy? Okay, that's not the point. The point is that fucking Halfrek shows up, okay? Mm-hmm. Halfrek shows up and she has shown up because she thinks that someone has summoned her for vengeance because that's her job and uh-huh, let's uh-huh. just hear <laughs> that's the, her job. The, the moment that i love is the transition from that her assumption of why she's there to her <laughs> realization of why she's actually there so here you go i am here to tear this man apart how many pieces do you wish how freck on yonka oh my god Anyanka? The squealing, the squealing of women about weddings is something that like I have actively tried to avoid my whole life, you know, because like it's this is a real thing. I worked at a fucking hedge fund for a long time. And let me tell you that there was a lot of this fucking shit. Anytime anybody got engaged and there was a ring and the one per one lady saw the ring, then all the other ladies would come running. And I was one of those ladies and I would have to scream just to feel like I fit in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but it's it's a true thing. And I just love it. I love, I just, I don't have anything smart to say, Jenny. I just love how no, they no. go from like to one ex-vengeance demon, one current vengeance demon, ready to like tear Xander's uh, uh, large upper arms from his frame uh, to, oh my God, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Ring. Um, uh, a commentary. You know, the message got garbled. <laughs> Halfrick thought she was being summoned to carry out vengeance, but of course, Anya has just been trying to get in touch to invite her to the wedding. And oh my God, gorgeous! And oh my God, what an embarrassing mistake! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, something that I wanted to ask you, Jenny, is. You were really observant about the things in Xander and Anya's bedroom in Once More With Feeling. Uh, and I mm. wondered if you noticed anything about their living room decor. I didn't notice anything except if a memory serves. I feel like they live in a very beige space. <laughs> it is very beige. Fifty Shades of Beige definitely applies nice. here. So what's in there that I missed? Behind the couch, with, like lit with a brass wall-mounted lamp as though a piece of art is a pegboard with all of Xander's tools hanging from it. <laughs> well, how else would you know that he is a construction-y contractor guy I mean, if he didn't have all his tools on display in the living room? I just, like, I'm not even opposed to the idea. It's just such a choice, you know? It's like a real yeah, choice. big choice. Be- Anya would never go for it. Well, but Anya, maybe the, they- the only way that she would she could get into it as if it was for like a porny reason ah, you know 50 shades you know? of and beige that indeed <laughs> it could be real you know oh like I these just, are I desperately tools? need my molding replaced and <laughs> i can't possibly sp- sp- take another day of this dripping faucet who oh who can help me you just found a whole second season for 1080p hgtv hell yes <laughs> wow yeah this the buffy and spike season is them knocking everything down <laughs> yeah. and then the season two is anya getting uh xander to fix stuff <laughs> nice Anyway, if you didn't see it, go back and look. It's really a thing. It's really a fucking thing. Um, I I wrote in my notes, Xander then leaves being a giant tool himself because Xander's a <laughs> fucking asshole to Anya in this whole exchange. I'll say a little more on it when we get to the magic box. But Well, in his defense, a demon just showed up uh, threatening his life. So I could see why that might make him a little squirrely. Squirrely, fine. But his fucking future wife is an ex-vengeance demon and he's a fucking dick about it so lack of understanding for sure yeah i'm pissed i'm pissed. he doesn't even ask he doesn't even ask who fucking hell he doesn't even want to get to know her he doesn't care he says she's ugly basically i'm pissed boo I'm pissed about it um <laughs> i love halfrick's hmm <laughs> yeah hmm. she's like i hmm. uh, <laughs> I love Halfrick, but like I feel like probably we all know somebody who I would call this passive aggression, right? Like some form of. Uh, well, pass- I think w- the way that it reads to me, especially in their next exchange yeah. that we get we get to see like going at length, it feels like you know vengeance demon culture is all centered mm. around asking questions, trying to get somebody to say <gasps> something that you can then act on. Ooh. You know, she she answers every question with a question. And also, you know, we've come to assume that, like, uh, we've gotten the very clear picture from Anya that right. she's just seen, like, a lot of failed relationships. So I think it makes it makes sense that Halfrek would be, uh, you know, uh, skeptical. Mm. Maybe she wouldn't understand, like, the impulse to settle down with somebody. And yes. also she's so used to 
trying to get people to talk about I love trying to give people the opportunity to unleash I love that I love that because now that you say that I'm thinking about Anya and like (laughs) I know there were some scenes where like Anya was just bored and she'd be like but it doesn't he isn't there anything that you like trying to get somebody to like activate her and so this is like double jeopardy for uh Halfrek because it's her friend an ex-vengeance demon where she really, she, I mean, and that's that part I did understand that, like, she really does not have the room to possibly understand Anya's decision to partner with a man. Like, I don't even think mm-hmm. it's about Xander. It's like, I think she would be like this yeah. with any man. Um, so She's just like, what do you mean love? <laughs> you're marrying that man. The exchange, I'm sorry. I know that you're not here for us to do reenactments of the scenes. Maybe you are. But like her saying, you're marrying that man with the large upper arms. Anya saying, yes. Halfrek saying, why? Anya saying, I love him. And her going, hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's good. It's really good. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah so, it's awesome. Uh, little dumpster sex in the alley. Yeah, not Woo! before the fryer boils on its own. You know what I mean? It's just a fucking... I, well, th- nothing to get you in the mood, like a little self-boiling oil. I'm upset. I'm upset about all of this. I don't... Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I mean, I, I love, I love you know, people having sex that they enjoy. Um, I don't love like the desperate this is like a desperation i'm working a double shift i need to distract my brain it doesn't feel healthy is really what i'm trying to say it feels very unhealthy back here so buffy's like i touch the grease and it freezes me (laughs) we go i ride that dead dick i don't care wow we go to willow's room (laughs) you want to keep going I fry the fries. Who cares if I might die? <laughs> There's a cow on my hat. I don't um, remember what the rhyme scheme was, but there you go. <laughs> good, what do you though. think? That's great. I think it's a hit. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> if you're okay, if so... you're uh, if you're a, a patron of ours at the ten dollar level or higher and saw the first behind the scenes music writing video that I posted, you'll know the face Jenny is making at me right now, which is like the Labrador so proud of itself for fetching the fucking tennis ball. How <laughs> fucking dare you? Uh, <clears throat> the skills that I have to deploy to fetch. That particular tennis yeah, ball I have worked my whole life it's true. to build. I mean, hey, no no insult to the Labradors. I think they work pretty hard, too. Um, Now I'm fucking mad because Amy shows up at Willow's house. Yeah. Buffy's house. Willow's room in Buffy's house. <laughs> and she says she wants the rat cage. Which is sad. And, and like- then... She's poking. She's prodding. This is what your life is going to be like now. You're never going to do magic ever again. You're never going to feel how that feels. And then this fucking jerk. Yeah. Gives Willow a, quote, birthday present. And then struts out of there. She Amy is such a villain out of friggin nowhere. I guess life as a rat. You could build up. Well, and Amy lets it slip this episode that she actually is holding resentment for how long Willow kept her as a rat, which we found very interesting because we really haven't heard that. And we were pissed, too, on her behalf. But, yeah. I mean, I think that this is, you know, I, I, I would imagine that there is some truth to this in the metaphor that we have discussed, right? That, like, 
Amy wants to be able to have fun with her friend again, the way that she wanted to have fun with her friend, where where it really falls apart for me is, so what does this mean? Like, this is totally, it's magic that came from me. It's totally legal. I'm like, I don't under, I've, you've lost me. I've lost the thread of what, what is the magic? How is, what? So- I, I think the idea, I mean... Again, it's this like very messy metaphor territory where it's sort of like, okay, I didn't buy the drugs and I didn't even take the drugs on purpose. I was drugged and now I'm what you're just supposed to, that's supposed to be good. I know. It's really fucking weird. It's really weird. And and to that, I mean, to that end, I do think that, uh, well, I'll talk about this, the, the scene later when Amy comes to the door, because I do think that there's some interesting parallels there that relate to, so the, so the metaphor is kind of like she was drugged, um, because I think that's the only way to read this. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, uh, Willow is imbued with this magic that she didn't want, and it's really, really fucking shitty. I agree. Um, <laughs> D- don't you just hate <laughs> when you touch a vase and it splits on like six different lines and and unfolds like a like, like a, a wilting flower? flower? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little. She also just touches a lamp and it evaporates. Evaporates. Um, I did find a lot of humor in those two things, but I, I have realized today in my watch that I did before we talked that, um, later when she goes to the magic box, the item that she touches is a pencil. And that's like the first thing that we ever see Willow using to understand that she has magic. So that's just like, I think, well, well done, writers. And um, yeah, really, absolutely. really sad that like that's the, the journey of the pencil. It's really um, it began in this like magical little willow on the lawn with her little legs up in the air, like spinning that pencil. So proud of herself. Yeah. And now she's here and it's just, you know, we could talk about it for a while. But uh, Anyway, let's go to, oh, oh, my next note. Great. Uh, meat art. We're back to more meat art. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Cinematography. Yeah. Game strong. Hypnotic grinding of meat and a finger in the chuck. 1080p HD. Okay. You're, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. You're, you're out. I'm giving you. I'm giving you. Rife. I'm giving you. Let's see here. <laughs> We have we're on episode twelve, which means we've have ten left in this in the season. I'm giving you sixteen uses of 1080p HD <laughs> to choose okay. for the rest. Just to be clear, 1080p HD and 1080p HGTV are yes. two totally different yes, things. I agree. Okay, cool. If you if you validly can use HGTV in it, you get an extra. You get extra. The vast array of meat you in have this used episode 1080p just... hd three times in this taping already you're overusing you're, <laughs> you're overusing right. your rights <laughs> all right so <laughs> yeah buffy finds okay. a fucking thumb you know that feeling when you like find a thumb in a pile of ground meat and you're like oh i gotta run and show my younger sister this thumb immediately <laughs> well first she's got to show it to manny the manager and then Make an enormous Soylent Green is people seen in the Double Meat Palace, flinging trays off of booths, uh, screaming, 
a joy. Like this had to be a joy to film. I would imagine yeah. that like if yeah, your direction yeah, yeah. is like throw every single thing off of every table, that's fun. <laughs> Especially like, you know, it's people, probably not the chickeny part, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah, it's good. The wig lady is like, but what about the cherry pie? And then Buffy gets fired. Fired Buffy. Before, because I know that Manny's about to die. Before Manny dies and we like enter into the penis monster section of the Devil Meat Palace <laughs> narrative arc. I don't want to go there either. I just want to I just want to give a special shout to whomst ever. On the props department or in the art department made all of the motivational posters for the Double Meat Palace because they oh, are yeah. fucking amazing. And a lot of them have like ostriches, maybe? I think there's some ostrich presents. And they say things like teamwork or dedication, but there's like just an ostrich standing there. Like there's nothing in the image <laughs> whatsoever that signals the word that's put across the top of the poster. Uh, and and I love it. And I whoever, I know you're out there somewhere. You deserve the credit. You deserve credit for the genius of those posters. So thank you. Yeah, whoever you are, we salute you. <sighs> okay. So we get this scene with Anya and Halfrek. Yep, yep. Quest, ev- answering every question with a question. Great way to make people feel insecure. Yeah, uh, it really works. It will work on anyone. This this trick will work on anyone. But also there is a path here. There is an in where Anya's like, well, I'm not, you know, easy to love. Yeah. And Halifax's like, oh, well, who told you that? And then Anya's like, oh, well, like, sometimes Xander has to, like, tell me that it's incorrect for me to appreciate money or, mm-hmm. you know... That here's how a human would behave. And Halfrek very craftily, mm-hmm. astutely is like, oh, so he corrects you. Mm-hmm. And Anya is losing her footing little bit by little bit. And she's like, do you think I'm making a mistake? And Halfrek is like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I literally have in my notes all caps, do you? Uh, yeah and it's it's i mean you at least i understand where anya is coming from in this moment because yeah i mean listen first one to throw xander under a bus sitting right here that's this guy but i i also think that we've seen moments between the two of them where anya has said things that have really hurt other people i mean she literally did it earlier in this episode and xander so like the the xander correcting anya line is not as like straight as Halfrek would have us believe it to be have her believe it to be because there are moments when Anya really genuinely does want to understand you know how to be there for Buffy after her mom dies or like how to like all these things so it's it is complicated I will give the situation that (laughs) do you yeah yeah okay so cut to the magic box where Buffy has brought a double meat medley and a finger a severed finger Uh, And she's like, you know, we have to look at this burger. We got to do science. We got to examine it because we need to find out if this burger is people and Xander (laughs) mouth full, mouth completely full, has made the burger disappear and is like, whoa, this burger. (laughs) Uh, Nick Brent, all hail Nick Brendan's line delivery of hot, delicious human flesh. (laughs) 
I mean, he, it this is, good. is like truly like award-winning material from Nick Brendan in this scene. He does an incredible job playing the, you just ate a whole burger in four seconds. And on second five, you found out that burger was made of human. Like he mm-hmm. really nails mm-hmm. it. Um, it's hysterical. It's so funny. Uh, Xander eats the evidence is the note that I took. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Yeah, Willow uh, is like, hey, I can, I can still like, there's enough left on the wrapper. I can analyze what this is using science, not magic. She's <laughs> definitely crazy. science. Definitely nothing else. Just nothing totally else. science, and never mind. Yes, uh, and then we already talked about the pencil and her hiding that. And uh, another thing that I think is important in this scene is that at the very end, Dawn asks Willow if she's okay, which is important because really the last we've seen of Willow and Dawn has been kind of rooted in wrecked and Dawn feeling betrayed. And, you know, uh, it's just yeah. a nice moment where she like checks in on Willow. So it is nice. Uh, yeah. Buffy finds Manny's foot uh, in the next oh, no. scene. Uh, there's your, oh, no. what did you call it? Chekhov's foot. Chekhov's foot. There's your Chekhov's foot, Jenny. Oh, wait. Sorry. Chekhov's saddle shoe. Chekhov's... (laughs) Right, right, right. Chekhov's saddle shoe. So while Buffy is finding this foot and then carrying it around for God knows how long, Dawn is talking to Xander about how Janice's sister is a lawyer and Buffy's never going to be, quote, anything big. Xander's like, well, she's the slayer. That's about as big as it gets. And Dawn is like... Yeah, but that means she'll always have minimum wage jobs. I feel like this is a weird conclusion to draw. I agree. Like, um, I think that Buffy could probably do my job and uh, also be the Slayer. I mean, a 40-hour week is a 40-hour week or, yeah. you know, however you're living. Right. Like, there's no reason that that Buffy couldn't well, if well, she wanted to. And the truth is that the work that uh, is done by people making minimum wage is often 40 times as difficult as the fucking work being done by, you know, like my hedge fund manager, for example. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And it's unclear what what she's talking about here, whether it's like difficulty or like, you know, the like long terminess or like of nine it. to fiveiness of it. all. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. what are the hours? Right, right. It's vague and it's, I mean, I think like, again, really the conversation that should be had is, yes, Buffy uh, is not going to be a lawyer. Buffy is not going to be a doctor. Buffy is not going to work at the mall. Buffy is not going to work at a fast food restaurant. Buffy is not going to be a waiter. Buffy is not going to do any of these things because Buffy is going to be the fucking slayer and the rest of you need to figure it out or demand money from the fucking council. Figure it out. Yes. So Anya arrives and says, I'm here. Willow says, we're doing chemistry. Anya (laughs) says, so sorry, I hurried. (laughs) This is where Xander really ramps up his assholishness. The first two things he asks Anya when she walks in the door is, did she leave? Did your friend leave? And did you look like that before? Like, really fucking. Xander. Yeah. (laughs) Xander um so just just general you know fuck you xander be there for anya uh engage with people that she's known uh in the past and ask questions about them and um appreciate all of the ways in which she's looked and stop talking about the veininess of halfrick's face thank you oh that's probably a great place to put the patriarchy jingle (laughs) the patriarchy
so Willow's gonna look at the cells or whatever. Oh, she's gonna see them through the microscope. Definitely through the microscope and not with her naked magical eyes. Uh, Anya's clearly hanging on to some of the stuff that Halfrick said. <laughs> she says, um, she suggests that perhaps someone's killing demons and using them as a cheap source of meat. We've all heard about that, she says. Everyone's she says like, she's opposed. Ah. <laughs> opposed to that kind of uh, activity. No matter how much money it saves, does that surprise you, Xander? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what does Willow see through the microscope? Well, she sees cellulose. Mm-hmm. That's odd. Mm. It is. It's not humans at all. And it's seemingly not even meat. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the Double Meat Palace, Buffy is walking around with her foot. And, you know, no. like, I wonder if the, the like, if they were so deliberate about the nonchalance with which she holds a thumb and a foot just to, like, underline the fact that she's a slayer in a fast food restaurant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like. Right, right. Because it's funny. Um, And then a scene that we, I think, all wish we never, ever had to see uh, a scene which I know we had to watch multiple times because it is our job. Wig lady. Is that what they call me? She says her wig taken off her head <laughs> like a egg as yet cra- not cracked Urg. oh there's a terrible penis snake monster inside her skull it's a penis snake monster that like sprays liquid that makes you uh, unable to move but- and then slowly but- eats you it's like 40 feet long sticking out of her skull. It's horrible. And just when you think that it couldn't get any worse, Willow shows up and she's like <laughs> talking through the drive through speaker, which I feel like probably needs to be activated Would from be the inside. Would be off because well, it's closed. Right. But we'll, we'll let that slide. Uh, she's like, Buffy, if you're in there, it's vegetables. Uh, and also... She confesses, confess isn't even the right word. She like is honest about what happened with Amy, which is important. It is immediately forgotten by all of us, I think, because then my next notes are all caps, vomit, 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 vomit. Uh, yeah. You, you know that thing where a penis snake monster is eating your shoulder? Yeah, and that thing where your like best friend comes in and uses like a fucking axe to chop the penis off of the Hell yeah. wig lady. Put it, in the, put it in the grinder. And then puts it in the grinder, and then you get the most unnecessary shot of the most disgusting things ever, ever, ever. I mean, why? 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 No. Oh, I feel ill just talking about it and thinking about it. Let's Move along. The monster is defeated. I hope never to speak of it again. Although, spoilers, we probably will talk about it one more time. So, Amy has the fucking gall to come by and ask to borrow detergent. Go to the store, Amy. All right. Get the fuck out of here, Listen, Amy. Amy also needs somebody to fucking help her. And I'm not saying it should be Willow. And I'm not saying that what Amy did was okay. But also, room for Amy as somebody just transformed from her rat self to a human who's struggling and needs some fucking help. Um, mm. But yeah, she shows up and Willow sets boundaries. This is what I was talking about earlier that I think is a really important um, parallel where... 
you know, Willow is at the door and she's saying to Amy, like, what you did was wrong. We're to believe that essentially Amy drugged Willow without her consent. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I am hopeful that in this moment, Willow is telling Amy that that was wrong and also reflecting on the many things that she has done to her friends without their consent and connecting those uh, dots for herself because I do think that it would be helpful moving forward for her to understand those as one in the same. Um, we will see what happens, but I just think it's important. Uh, and this is also where Amy mentions how fucking long Willow left her in that cage as a goddamn rat, to which I say, Amy, mm -hmm. you know, you're not right about a lot in this episode, but you are correct about this. Yeah. 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 And then we get this sick, ooh, this sick fucking thing from willow where she says amy if you really are my friend you better stay away from me if you really aren't mm. you better stay away from me <laughs> pissed <laughs> yeah it's a good line and she's tough mm -hmm. you better stay away one way or the other amy stay the fuck away yeah now jenny yo are you ready for lorraine ross i was born ready actually <laughs> I love Lorraine Ross. I love Lorraine Ross, too. And I was, listen, I was like, Lorraine Ross is the biggest lesbian I've ever seen on my television screen. Yes. Kirsten Nelson. Yes. Um, I couldn't find anything about her sexuality. All I could find. <laughs> I love that you looked. <laughs> I just wanted to know. She's got, she's got huge Jane Lynch energy. Yes. Massive huge. Jane Lynch energy. I agree. I agree. I agree. She also was on one episode of The West Wing playing young Mrs. Landingham. Oh my God. That's right. That's right. <sighs> well, I couldn't I couldn't sleuth out anything uh, about Kirsten Nelson past the fact that she's been married to uh, a dude for 20 years, uh, which mm. does not indicate anything uh, declaratively. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I will say that canonically, this podcast believes Lorraine Ross to be very queer. Correct, yeah, Jenny? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want her to like blow whistle and make me do a bunch of laps or something um so buffy has come to return her uniform and she catches lorraine ross just as she's taking one down one motivational poster and i believe hanging up a fresh one uh <laughs> sprucing the joint up mm -hmm. uh and buffy reveals that she knows the vegetarian secret of double meat palace lorraine ross is running scared she's like close that door mm-hmm uh, the vegetable patties are rendered with beef fat for flavor, mm -hmm. i.e. the secret ingredient is beef in beef. <laughs> um, Buffy's like, so I know a powerful secret. I'd like dot, 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 my job back. This seems like a weird yep. look. I mean, it's, uh, it's it, pure. It's noble. It's good. But it's the Slayer. It's it's funny because she could have probably just, you know, gotten gotten paid and not done the work. But OK. Yeah. Um, uh, Lorraine seems like a really good manager. I agree. I think Lorraine is a great manager. You know, to be honest with you, Manny was real creepy. But, you know, he I think he tried his best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, I feel like Lorraine and Buffy really have something. Yeah, I mean, the minute There's the minute kind of that energy Buffy walked exchanged. into the room and Lorraine turned around, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the energy exists 
before Lorraine Ross rehires Buffy Summers. So they are not technically uh, boss and worker. They are just two women <laughs> in an office. Also, power dynamics are a bit complicated. They're not normal uh, manager employees since Buffy also just uh, blackmailed. <laughs> Blackmails? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's all so very I complicated. Think, I, think we're, I think we're good. I think we're good with Lorraine wanting to take Buffy on a date. I think we're good. I think we're fine. If not, you can be mad and tell us you're mad. That's fine. Yes. Speaking of sexual tension, I think we have a jingle for that. Welcome back to another thrilling installment of the Sexual Tension Awards. <laughs> Today's slots are filled with some very compelling noms. And let me tell you all about them. In slot number one, he has very large upper arms and can't help himself. Uh, it has a wrapper it can't keep on around him. It's Xander and burgers of any kind. <laughs> Delicious human flesh. Oh my God. It's like the double meat palace burger is to wrappers like Angel is to button ups. Oops. Oops. Uh, in slot number two, um, <laughs> they're all dried up. It's very, very wet. It's dehydrated pickles and water. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yes, actually. Oh, no. Uh, in slot number three, we just talked about them. Uh, they had a very charged thing going on for the brief period of time when they were not boss and subordinate but just two women in an office it's Lorraine Ross and Buffy Summers oh my god and in the fourth and final slot obviously very compelling noms mm -hmm. noms in that they are nominees and noms also in that they might make you say oh, no. like no. nom nom no. nom no no yeah I said it you're fired yep. you're like Buffy, <laughs> like Buffy Summers you are fired Name a more iconic <laughs> duo. It's chicken and cow. <laughs> oh, no. It's true. Well, what a fun, what a fun season for sexual tension, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all dried out, she said, <laughs> of pickles. <laughs> Well, they are. They're I dehydrated. Know, I, know. I just so you know, listener, I uh, select these noms uh, along with Jenny. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did write down dehydrated pickles of water, but you really took it to a whole new place, and that's why you are the slot nom queen. That's right. Uh, Cast so your vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we urge you. We we need you. We need your voice. We need you to stand up and say, my choice for the Sexual Attention Awards of Double Mead Palace is fill in the blank. It's your choice. I can't tell you what to think. Although I think chicken and cow is very compelling. Yeah, you'll have disappointed uh, your combo. parents if Nombo. you don't vote for chicken and cow, to be quite honest. Uh, we'll have the Sexual Attention Award poll up on Twitter at BufferingCast for an entire week following this episode being published. So please run, don't walk. 
and uh, stay hydrated. You know what I mean? Wow. Here we are to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Is that it? It I did not look very convincing, right? Um, yeah, we uh, we have done double meat palace as best as we could. A lot in this episode, really, uh, to figure <laughs> out. I uh, like j- listen. Buffy has her job back, so I don't think it's the last we'll see of the double meat palace. But um, I think we can all come together and agree that we will be trying to forget the monster in this particular episode. It's true. Worst one so far. It's very upsetting. And I think like, I feel like the collective uh, consciousness around this episode is like, you remember all the stuff and then you're like, oh, right. That's also in this episode. (laughs) It's it's unfortunate. Um, And also, I think that it's, I I love um, being able to look at like where we were as a, I mean, in this case, as a country uh, in the United States, mm-hmm. it like alongside where the episode falls. And I think that um, that that conversation we had up at the top uh, about fast food nation and about food and um, what has gone into food in this country and other countries too. But I know that um, the United States is particularly, I think, a, a uh forebearer of uh, making your food not what you would think that it was and then slowly seeing the effects of that on your population. I think we we think we're ahead of the curve in that one. So anyway, I I like to uh, find the historical context of where these stories came from. And this one has a big one. Um, And yeah, Yeah. I don't know. This is an episode of television. (laughs) What a delight. (laughs) Don't you just want to eat a double meat burger? I'm not compelled by this, by the makeup of this sandwich. No, I'm not compelled. A slice of processed chicken is not enough to take up a space between a triple, like one of the triple bun pairs. You know what I mean? Yeah. When did we start thinking that two burgers was better than one? You know, because that's like a real big thing. Like two all beef patty. I mean, you know, the double burger. Yeah. I used to be a a vegetarian and I I would order the double cheeseburger with no meat because you would get two slices of of cheese. Right. Yeah. Well, non-vegetarians never understood that. They were always like, why would you want double burgers if you're not getting meat? Well, because cheese. Yeah. More cheese. More More bread. bread. Right. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Did have you decided if you're the chicken or the fucking cow yet or what? I just think it's too big a decision for one person to make. Fine, I'm the cow. Oh my god. <laughs> Cows are uh noble, uh, friendly, warm and and cute. Yeah. And you could play fetch with them. Did you know that? You can play fetch with cows? Yeah. Yep. People don't, don't want you to see that. that. Because they don't, they don't want to upset the uh, yeah the red meat apple cart, but yeah. cows will play fetch. Wow. Well, chickens uh, like to peck at things all the time, kind of like um, you know using like 1080 PhD over and over again, or like like saying <laughs> what the 
like hell? slots and noms over and over again. Unbelievable. And... My hollow bones, my beady eyes, my scaly little feet. <laughs> I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching Buffy, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com. You can give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOwenYoungs. You can find all my music on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream music. Uh, you can also hear my new band, LAXs, and watch our new music video for Temporary <gasps> Goodbye featuring my beautiful dog mm-hmm. on a skateboard mm-hmm. flying through space and time. Uh, why would you keep yourself from that? I just can't imagine. I can't imagine either. And I realized, uh, Jenny, that's something nice I could have said about you being a chicken. <laughs> I'm listening. Are, male chickens are roosters, right? That's right. So roosters sing just like you. Oh, yes. If the the melodious aspirational tones of the rooster. <laughs> Thanks. Just just sitting there writing your songs like cock-a-doodle-doo, you know? Hell yeah. Uh, my name is Kristen Russo, and when I'm not talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer or worrying about the fast food industry, you can find me working with LGBTQ communities, uh, speaking at universities and workplaces. You can learn more about that work that I do on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. I've spelled it for you, so now you can also use it to find me on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, how about us? How about Buffering the Vampire Slayer? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. Or you could drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. You can, and you can support the work that we do here uh, on Patreon. Join us uh, over on Patreon. There's just a ton of things happening. We're about to do a live watch. Uh, Jenny picked the episode. I'm sure you can imagine, if you know the season, what the fucking episode she picked is, both for the live watch that we do with our patrons and for the live taping that will happen thereafter. Uh, You can also be a member of our secret Facebook group. You can get the music in advance. You could get exclusive merch if you want. Uh, Isabel Rotman is doing a sticker pack. Isabella Rotman is doing a fucking sticker pack for us for the next round of merch. And so if you become an ultimate patron before the end of April, which is like now, you will be uh, in that bundle. And so you'll get a T-shirt and a sticker pack. Um, Ow, ow. Yeah, pretty fun stuff. Uh, You could also support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Let people know what you think if you like us. If you don't like us, you can be quiet. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Kristen, silencing the dissenters. Just kidding. If you don't like us, you can also say that freedom of speech, etc. Until next time.
instead of surprise Eight hour days for minimum wage But that's actually a lot more than my other job pays Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.